Hello, A graders. It is time. Oh. Hey everyone, welcome to A Grade, the podcast where a college professor and a middle school teacher taste, review, and grade America's best coffee roasters, craft breweries, and more. We have new episodes every Monday morning at 7 a.m. And you can check out our bonus content by hopping on over to patreon.com slash A Grade Podcast for behind the scenes pictures, videos, a full report card of every place we've ever visited. And again, that's over on patreon.com slash a grade podcast for all of those awesome bonus goodies. There should be a link in the episode description wherever you're listening to this as well. So you can just click on that too if you're interested. My name of course is Joe and I am joined as always of course by... Hi everybody, I'm Jackie. Now, if you're listening to this episode, it may be for a few different reasons. One reason may be because you love A-grade. And if you love A-grade, like we said, become a Patreon. It's a cool place for people to hang out. Absolutely. That's not true, but it does help if you support the <laughs> podcast. Another reason is because you like Stranger Things. And of course, our 50th episode, I can't believe I'm saying that we've done 50 of these episodes, but we decided to do something a little bit different, a little bit fun, and do a grading review episode of Stranger Things. Because as it turns out, talking to people who listen to the podcast on social media or other platforms, they all seem pretty obsessed with Stranger Things, and we just binged it. So we have opinions, and we think we kind of know what's going on. And in fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, based upon my professorial writer's knowledge, I know how it's going to end. I'm almost positive. Ooh, yes. You have a pretty good theory. My theory's good, right? It's a really good theory. So spoilers, well, if you're here for coffee and craft beer, yes, that's normally what we do. But again, like we said, we're changing it up a little bit this week, but we'll be back to that next week, of course. But if you are into Stranger Things or just want something a little more fun this week in a different style from our normal insanity, this is the place for you. Yeah, absolutely. And we did spend some time making sure that we still follow a similar format. We have four grading categories that we are going to grade and rate the show on. And then we will come up with an overall podcast grade for Stranger Things. And we're going to be talking about probably the whole series. Yeah. So spoilers abound. If you haven't seen, if you're not caught up. So I should say, because somebody might listen to this episode a year from now, this is as of the conclusion of season four. There's supposed to be five seasons. Yes. But we just finished watching season four. And so if you are planning or you're in currently the process of watching season four and you're not finished yet, uh, click off, go to one of our other awesome coffee, beer reviews, enjoy that until you catch up on Stranger Things. Or if you think you might be interested in watching the show, I would advise that you do that too, because it's there pretty entertaining. will be spoilers. I'm going to spoil everything. We are going to talk about everything, including the very last episode and our future predictions. So make sure if you have not watched the show and you plan on watching it, that you save this episode for a later date. Yeah. And you probably know if you are a fan I was trying to sound like Vecna in the very beginning. <laughs> in the intro. It was pretty good. Uh, I'm going to add a voice changer to it and see how it comes out Ooh. because they definitely do for that actor. So yes. whatever. I did get a little scared at the beginning That's when we started sign. recording. So I think you succeeded. I am intimidating in how good I Ooh, am at podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. And spoiler alert again, Vecna is a pretty cool villain in my opinion. Ah, uh, yeah. Let's get into it. Yes. Well, first of all, what are the grading rubric categories for this week? Because we kind of went... We didn't go back and forth. I don't think we were arguing so much as discussing because we said, wait a minute, we have a great rubric for coffee, going to a coffee roaster and reviewing a coffee roaster. We have a great rubric that's very similar for grading a craft brewery, 
but how do we not necessarily apply, but just kind of translate that into grading a television show? Yeah. <laughs> but, but we were on a similar page, I <laughs> yes. think. Yeah. So what, what did we come up with? So we put on our film critic hats, which is very new to us, but I, I kind of like it. Yeah. Where is it? We're, we're film critics. Yeah, but I want an actual It's hat. coming in the mail. It got delayed on Amazon. Okay. Is, is it? Is it a? Uh, it's a Patreon only exclusive. Yes. That's not true. That's not true. Don't not expect true. that if you sign up. So our maybe one day. Maybe one day. So our first category for reviewing Stranger Things is writing. The writing category will encompass basically the script, right? The execution, the plot, the themes, the character development. All of that will come into writing. Pretty hefty category, in my opinion. Yes, which is yeah. why we decided we're going to start with it, because it kind of sets the stage for everything else. Mm-hmm. Our second category will be acting. This will encompass the casting and who they decided to cast and how well we believe the actors to be who they're acting and how good of a job we think they did. Sure. Sounds good. Our next category will be set and sound. Yeah, so that includes sort of, I guess, the aesthetics, right? Like, not just the stage design, but the sort of settings that they film in, I guess. And as well as, I think there's... Costumes? Some, yeah, costumes. Makeup? I think CGI. CGI. Um, yeah, all those other sort of um, details that do add to the atmosphere overall the ambiance the mood of the show right and then we're going to kind of round it all up and talk about our fourth category music yeah which i think is actually a really important category that it does deserve to be on its own so i'm glad that we're including it as a fourth category and it is interesting because i think stranger things is specifically really thoughtful about their music selection so i'm glad we put this in here but i think every tv show should be and this is just a really interesting example yeah, I mean, if it's good, it definitely makes a difference. So, well, anyways, let's dive into it. Yeah. So I'm going to say that since you are a professor of writing in mm. general. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I am quite the writer. I am going to put you on the spot and have you start us off with what do you think about the writing category for Stranger Things? Well, I mean, obviously, I could do a better job. I mean... It's okay, but anybody throwing shade at the Duffer Brothers right now. Anybody who, (laughs) yeah, anybody who watches the show. I mean, obviously, I could just take it to the next level. So, if you are listening, Duffer Brothers, I am for hire for season five. (laughs) I'm just throwing it out there. That's the real reason we're doing this podcast. I'm I'm busy with the podcast, (laughs) but I'm willing to help out a cause, and they could use the help. So, if they are looking, I, you know, I could be persuaded for a few um, dollars. Oh, yeah. So, you know, uh, you know where to reach me. You'll, you'll find me if you're interested. <laughs> so what, did, what, what do you think so far about the writing? So here's the thing. I, I kind of want to boil this down to basics because the thing about analyzing a show like this, honestly, is that there's so many different directions to go in. Like you could go through a show. I mean, you could go through a, an episode of this show and spend hours doing a podcast episode. So it's really difficult to really give an assessment where you go through everything. And so I think what you have to do is as somebody who's watching it and observing it and feeling it and then analyzing it, you have to sort of synthesize down the the sort of overall assessment and point to specifics that stand out to you that represent your overall assessment. And so that's all a fancy-ish way of saying that I think the writing overall is really good. We've talked about this before, how 
just in watching the show and, and talking about it, discussing it sort of casually, you know, after we watch episodes, whatever, I feel as if the writing overall is really good, but there's sort of meta plot, which is our, our kind of the larger scale sort of arcs of the show in terms of what's going on on, on a larger scale that are often kind of unbelievable to me, right? I, I've talked about this, how the idea of Russians, of Soviets in the 1980s infiltrating rural Indiana and building particle dimension drilling devices in a mall. under a mall <laughs> is so utterly absurd. It's It's one of the reasons why Indiana Jones four failed miserably because it was like what are these russians doing mucking about area 51 it was just so so absurd that it i think it makes it difficult for audiences to suspend their disbelief now having said that there's a way to do that where you can overlook certain things or you can sort of again still try to suspend your disbelief if those elements are working within the context of something larger that is meaningful that is sort of again, applicable in other ways. And so I think overall, some of those plot points that I kind of watch and as an audience member, I I sort of have a hard time overlooking. I can sort of give a little bit of leeway on for for how the writing's strong in other ways. You mean you think it's not realistic that Hopper, a cop from rural Indiana, can knows how to sword fight enough to chop the head off a Demogorgon that has been working out and it's ripped? (laughs) Yeah, in slow motion. But but I got news for you. you. Think that's, that was that's not believable. That was awesome. So, it was awesome. So you're referring to the season finale of of uh, season four. Yes. Right. And I made you mean it, I have to suspend my disbelief. Well, I that, made it. Yes. I, I made a joke when Hopper went one on one with this demogorgon, this OP demogorgon in a just a, a sword fight. He just had a sword. I said the reason why he won is because it wasn't that impressive of a fight. He did it in slow motion. The whole thing was shot in slow motion. So I, I could probably pull that off if I had enough slow motion. But again, it, it, it serves the plot. It serves the story. And you're a big fan of the dialogue and the character right. development. And I think that is a strong point overall. I kind of want you to talk about that a little bit more. And the only other critique I have about the character development is sometimes that there isn't enough of it because there are so many characters and there's so much that they're trying to do. And I understand that because there's even characters that we'll probably mention in season four, especially where I wanted more character development, but at the same time, I'm sort of like, yeah, that was a two and a half hour finale. That was longer than most movies. So I understand the limitations in those ways, but I am a greedy viewer. I am a greedy writer, and I kind of want those elements even more in depth. But I think what they do, they do really well, and it is highly entertaining. And some of the writing is outstanding as well. But what are your thoughts overall? I think what you were saying before, what I feel about the character development is the fact that they take these characters and they make them so relatable. Each character has a specific arc or a specific thing that they are working for, whether it's Eleven trying to figure out where she belongs, Eleven trying to figure out if she's a monster or if she's a superhero. The Even some of the romance drama between Nancy, Jonathan, and Steve, the the plot points are so, are so um, encompassed with character development that sometimes I feel like I can very easily overlook some of the things that are not quite as believable because it's so character driven. And you have different characters that will sometimes go meta and say funny things that the audience might be thinking. There's characters that will do 
uh, allusions to Dungeons and Dragons, allusions to there's some parts that remind me of Jurassic Park. There's some parts that remind me of Star Wars. The, mm, the, yeah. the writing, to, in my opinion, feels really smart and deliberate. And when they know that they are making a stretch for something that's unbelievable, they kind of make a joke about it. Yeah, I, I've kind of accepted at this point that it's basically an alternate universe. Right. Because we got to the end of season, because I kept saying, oh, I don't remember reading about this in my history textbook, because it comes from the premise that MK Ultra, for example, that's kind it's not even a conspiracy. We kind of know that obviously the government was doing stuff like this and probably other stuff that we don't even know about. That's the premise. That's why it's believable. But then you get to the, the Russians in Indiana and you're like, I don't know about that. And then you get to, by the end of season four, there's just giant rips in the time-space continuum right. destroying towns. And you think, okay, uh, this is definitely now an alternate reality. So it actually lets me kind of get over that a little bit more. And I think you're right. It does come down to the characters. We sort of noticed that, I feel, early on in the show where we said sort of what stands out to us is the fact that at the end of the day, it's a lot of what they go through in their struggles and obviously there's monsters or creatures and otherworldly elements involved, but the effects of those situations are very tangible. It's still what a teenager would feel like if they right. were bullied or if they were isolated. Or like or when they're being chased by a monster and the kids are like, but Max is mad at me. And she, Lucas is like, Max is mad at me. And she broke up with me. And Will's like, guys, why does this relationship matter yeah. in in the midst of the world ending? But they're teenagers, so right. it would matter. Right. Right? It, I just, I like that. I like that lived-in feel. I like that it's not that serious, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I really appreciate those little touches. I think it's why the writing and the banter and the funny little insights, but also like the love that is apparent between the characters, I think it allows audiences all different audiences to really like this show right people that are coming from all different genres that they normally will watch can kind of come together and like stranger things for a certain reason mm. some people might like it for the sci-fi some people might like it for the banter some people might like it for the love triangles some people might like it for the character development or the themes i think that's why we're seeing this show really drawing in a lot of different people is because of the writing and because of the script yeah i i think so i mean in general i haven't heard of the duffer brothers before this i don't know if they did much that we would have known about but i think they're definitely very talented and very considerate in sort of their planning so do you have other thoughts right now? Because we'll come back to all of this as we get into these other categories. But do you have other thoughts right um, now before letter grades? The, the last thing that I want to say for writing is I think a lot of times shows, as they get closer to the ending or as they get bigger and the world in the, sh in, in the show gets bigger, the writing will sometimes suffer and the show will sometimes get worse. And personally, I think as it's gone on and with this new character of Vecna that has an entire backstory that is easily traced back through all the seasons and you can see it kind of leading up to what happens in season four, I think that it elevates the writing in my mind a little bit that I feel like season four is one of the best seasons so far. Yeah, it's sort of tricky because I... In thinking about how I would say, oh, this is whatever letter grade for a show of this sort, I sort of, when I got to the revelations of season four, I was so impressed with the fact that 
they didn't seem built upon what was just done before. It seemed as if there was a plan. And even when shows do that sometimes, it's not done coherently or effectively. And most of the time, shows are shows to see if they can not get taken off the air. And then, hey, we'll just keep throwing shit to see if it sticks and see how long it sticks for. This doesn't feel like that at all. The the revelations, again, of season four really make sense of everything that's come before. And I really like sort of we, we talk about this as well when we watch a show like this uh, subversion of expectations. And one of them was that, oh, Vecna is and they set it up. Dustin himself says it, how Vecna is the five star general of the Mind Flayer. And it turns out the opposite. The Mind Flayer is the is the five star general of Vecna, it turns out. And there's all of these interesting themes that, again, I didn't expect them to explore with Vecna, obviously, as the main focal point, as the main villain. The Upside Down, for example, you always think of it as this evil place. You think of the Mind Flayer as evil. The Demogorgons as evil. It turns out, from my interpretation, that the Upside Down was just a place. It was different. and A it, dimension, it, an it, alternate and dimension. And it's a dimension that we might consider creepy or weird by our sort of just contrast. But it was only made, quote unquote, evil when Vecna got there and corrupted it. Because he thinks he's making it in his own psychotic version of pure or or better or whatever the case is. So that was not something that I expected, but it makes sense. And and it sort of builds upon what came before. Having said that, no, go ahead. You look like no, you want to say I was that. gonna say, and a lot of shows also I feel like really falter when they try to create a villain where our villain is not understandable, our villain is one dimensional. Our <laughs> <Are you> vil- kidding? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had a I had a shitty uh yeah. End of show stuck in my throat. Yeah. <laughs> and end of series stuck in my throat. It yeah. Totally feels like they corrected the flaws. Well, they of literally some said, other shows. They literally said online. I, I read well. that they modeled the um, Vecna to look like an upside down version. Their their version of an upside down version of the Night King. Right. Which with way more character development yeah. than the Night King. Which again, that's a whole other thing. Maybe we'll do an episode on that one day, but. Um, anyways, so my only other criticism or critique rather would be that it does feel as if sometimes there's so much. It almost feels as if like, I don't know, the show could use another episode or two every season because even right. or even little things like we were talking about this earlier, how in season one, it seemed as if the Demogorgons or the Demogorgon, there was one right originally yeah. in season one would eat people and that would teleport them to the upside down and then it would try to eat them there. And now that's no longer the game. The Demogorgons are just running around eating people. It's like, when and why did that change? There might be an explanation, but it didn't come across clearly to you or I. And again, there's other elements that sort of seem uh, maybe implied, but they aren't intuited as clearly as we would like, such as when Eleven essentially brings Max back to life at the end of season four. And we kind of looked at each other and my sister said the same thing and her husband they were like, when did Eleven suddenly get healing powers, which was a problem in Star Wars Episode Nine, uh, which was absolute garbage, one of the worst movies ever made, where all of a sudden Ray just had healing powers and it made no goddamn sense. And it was sort of like this. When was that in her training that she could heal people? Maybe they alluded to it, but I, I don't remember it. And we sort of said, well, wait a minute. If she can like break people's neck by a twitch of her own neck or just 
looking at them or holding her hand like Vecna break bones. Why couldn't she pulsate a heart to start again to resuscitate? But we had to figure that out. That was not... If there had been an allusion to that, a, a reference to that earlier, we would have said, oh, okay, this is part of the game plan. She like can maybe do she that. did that to... An animal or an she animal did that or in yeah, right, some capacity right. in the past. Yeah. Maybe she tries to do it for some of the kids yeah. in the massacre at yes. the the lab. Or just other characters who I would like to have seen explored more. We talked about that with Eddie. Eddie. How Eddie, I thought, was a really interesting character. But we there's so much there that I would have wanted more of. His arc makes sense because he is somebody who talks about how he always runs away and he very clearly states this and he eventually stops running away and sacrifices himself for the cause. But they could have built upon that because they do it with other characters with their relationships with their siblings or their parents. We don't know. Does Eddie have siblings? Does Eddie have parents? Why is he living with his uncle? Why isn't he living with his parents? You know, what happened with all of that? How and, and when and why could that tie into his his sort of trying to overcome stopping running away from things. Did something horrible happen? There's like 10 questions right there that any of them could have been asked, if not several of them, that would have made his whole journey, his whole trajectory, I think, even more in- interesting. And there's other characters, too. Where Steve Harrington, where are his parents? We we get these other people and, and those relationships. And I get that's maybe a limitation of the space and time they have to work with, which makes a lot of sense. But it is something that I get greedy for. And ultimately, as I'm watching it and thinking back about it, I think that a big part of this is easy to forget that Eleven is probably our major char- our main character. Oh, she's right? 100% the main Elle character. Ella is our yeah. main character. Yeah. We're... Uh, I. I love this show, as you can probably tell, so I might give it some allowances that I would in other shows, but I think we're lucky to get as much development from our side characters as we do in this show. You kind of could look at it in that perspective where Eddie is a very minor character, but we come to love him so much that it's really hard when he dies. Yeah, well, and again... So just that in and of itself, to me, is really good writing. And it's a product... That's a good point. And it is a product of, as we were saying, just so many characters where I'm pretty sure before season five comes out, you had to do this for season four, rewatch the whole thing. I had to rewatch all of it because I was like, wait, why is Hopper in Russia? Like, what happened? (laughs) Yeah, when (laughs) did that happen? I kind of remember, but I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, I think I have a letter grade for writing. I do as well i'm actually between two yeah so i was between two but i i know where i I I stand i was between two until the season for basically the last few episodes where they kind of explained everything with vecna before that i was at b plus now that they've done all of that and i'm so happy with the fact that there is amazing there is a clear plan and and despite everything i've said where i would like more and i'm getting greedy greedy doesn't mean it's not good Greedy means I'm, I'm a Think greedy person. Think about some of the lines. I feel like there were some lines that kind of take your breath away or you're at the edge of your seat. When we were watching the season finale, I wa- watched it. The season finale is intense. It's intense. I watched it with like four other people. And at one point I looked over and all four of us were either hands to our face or sitting at the, literally at the edge yeah. of our seat, so, like crying. <laughs> so I'm going to go, I'm going to go A minus for writing. Wonderful. For all of the reasons I said. I think it's, it's really great. It's really entertaining. It's really insightful. There's so many interesting character arcs. So many good themes. Yeah. But what, what do you think for writing? I, you think? Before you even said it, I had already locked in mine as A-. minus. I think really? it's... Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think it's wonderful. I, I even contemplated giving an A just because 
of how universal this show can hit for lots of different people. But I feel like A minus is the right grade. And I think yeah. that it has a potential to go to an A depending on how they finish it yeah. in season five. Yeah, I mean, right. it, it, it's something that we'll talk about at the end. Right, absolutely. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we took way too long to talk about writing. So. Oh, I know. And I feel like we didn't even get into everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, let's let's try to breeze through. I don't think the other categories are that important. No. I mean, granted, I'm a writer and I'm a writing professor. So I kind of, uh, as, um, what was the movie? Deadpool uh, in the opening credits when it says like, because it, it just has like, made up things for people and says writers and just as the true heroes. And it's like, yeah, cause they wrote it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what do you think for acting? Um, so for acting, I'll start us off. I think acting gets tricky because when the show started, the actors that they cast for the roles were the appropriate age. And then as they get older in real life, but not older in the show, at the same pace, right? Like they're older in real life than now they're playing on the show. That gets a little bit hairy, a little bit tricky for me. There's a lot of 80s hair, yeah. Yeah, right. Especially well, when they introduce Eddie. We were saying, is this the reason that mullets are now back in fashion? Is it because uh, of this show? 100%, I mean, yeah. Steve Harrington could really rock a mullet. and He doesn't have a mullet. He, Eddie he has did, a mullet. Maybe in Billy season, has a mullet. Well, Steve Harrington has a little mullet. He just has beautiful hair. Maybe that's what it is. You're, you're just starstruck. <laughs> There's a difference. But I think that overall, to be honest with you, when I'm thinking about casting, I'm thinking that I can't imagine really anybody else playing the parts of the people that are playing them. Hmm, interesting. Um, so I think that's a really cool thing. I think Will at the beginning in season one and two when he's basically being possessed by the mind flayer. Will is just great at being possessed. Incredible. Yeah. I he think, likes it cold. Oh my God. Like his, exactly. <laughs> um, I think the actor that they picked to play one slash Henry slash Vecna is incredible. Eleven's incredible. Eleven's great, yeah. In Joyce and Hopper are perfect. I think the casting is really, really spot on. I mean, there's a couple of times where you're watching a scene like maybe between Mike and Will or Mike and Elle and you're like, eh, do I believe this or is it really cheesy? I'm not sure. Yeah, I know There's what a you couple mean. of yeah. moments where I'm like, oh, it could be a little better, but overall, I like it. I feel as if they got better too, which makes sense because they started out as kid actors. Yeah, Which, they were cute too. Well, and and uh, there's a lot of good acting, yeah. but I mean, even thinking about season four, if you go to, uh, if I think back to the first couple of seasons, I thought Lucas or the actor, I don't even know his name, the actor who plays Lucas, I didn't think he was a very good actor in the first couple of seasons. It, it felt a little mechanical to me, but by season four, I thought this guy is crushing it. I think the last episode of season four Lucas just knocks it out of the uh, park. The scenes with him and Max yeah. and the kid that was trying to basically kill them. Yeah, the Proud Boys. The, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. unbelievable. Right. How good he is. How really much better good. he got. Yeah. Erica's perfect for her role. Erica's great. Dustin is... Dustin yeah. and Steve. How about the interactions between the characters? Yeah, Dustin and I think Steve, yeah. The the different um, teaming up of characters, Murray and Joyce and Enzo and Hopper. That, what was with that one scene with Eddie and Dustin where it looked like they were going to kiss? What was that about? Yeah. 
I don't that, but because I, I thought I, I thought I was overreacting, and then I saw a million memes online just yeah, kiss already. I, yeah, it was maybe just awkward. It was just it might have just been awkward, but I think Eddie's casting in general was really oh, no, good. Eddie was great. As, like, I loved Eddie. Yeah. His like scene at the beginning when he was at the beginning of season four when he's talking about how important Hellfire Club is, and yeah. he's walking them around the cafeteria. Yeah, he's just so charismatic. It, yeah. It's I, I think the casting is really thoughtful. Um, down to the part that they cast someone from Lord of the Rings to be Bob Newby. I yeah. mean, or Winona Ryder, who is it, like it, that era. Yeah, yeah, it just it seems very smart. I think the Duffer Brothers are really, really smart. Yeah. So yeah. What are you going to give for acting for grade? Uh, I'm going to go the same A minus. Yeah, I agree. I think A minus. Yeah. Is, is reasonable. Yeah. It's I was torn between B plus and A minus. I mean, I had a, a writing professor when I was in college. He was actually, uh, I took playwriting and he, he, one of the best professors I ever had. He was one of those professors who was like 90 years old. I don't know if he was 90 years old, but he had the presence of a very just experienced, knowledgeable person. He just held himself in a certain way. He always wore a shirt and tie with the, the professor coat. And uh, he, he told us never, if you write a play, never involve food in the play and never cast children. And of course we asked why. And he said, because you don't have the money or the patience <laughs> for either basically. Yeah. And so that's all to say that those are more difficult parameters maybe to deal with in certain circumstances. So yeah, I, I think that's fair grade. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Actually, I agree with it. So there you go. I, we're spot on so far. A minuses across the board. So what's the next category? The next one is sound and set. Sound or and set. Set and sound. Set and sound. Sit and sound. Sound and set. I uh, like these categories. This is this so. Th is really yeah, this is like aesthetics. It's like design like and and, yeah. and and all of that sort CGI, of CGI, makeup, yeah. costume. Yeah. So I love I love shows that are or movies or books or whatever that are set in certain eras that it's done well, and I think this is done really well overall. I mean, I don't remember the eighties because I was barely around in them consciously but i remember a lot of stuff from the 80s so like i grew up with a super nintendo i grew up with cassette tapes i, I remember these things so it's really cool to always see stuff like that that i remember from when i was a really really young child and you know it from other movies and other tv so there, there are things that you know to recognize and Overall, I think they nail the look. I think they they really crush all of that. I think they also do a fantastic job overall with balance balancing CGI with makeup and and yes and that sort of aesthetic too. You see it when there's this great what is it a TikTok or something going around? Yeah, I'm sure everybody that's listening has seen it. The one with Vecna. Yeah, right. Where it shows him how many hours does he spend putting on his and he's his, drinking his coffee. Yeah, his he's makeup talking and his on costume. the phone. And, yeah. and there's CGI applied on him because he's got vine tentacle whatever veins or whatever. But even then he still has this prosthetic oh, as a base. Yes. And that's why he looks so terrifying because so much of it is real. Yeah. And it's the actor and it's himself. The same it's actor. the same guy. Yeah. Yes. It's so good. So I really love all of that. I'm trying to think if there's anything that stands out to me as a criticism in terms of the those types of aesthetics. Don't you feel like every detail was really, really thought out as well? The houses, the political signs on the houses. Oh, yeah. Like I, lo I love uh, Mike, Reagan. Mike and Nancy's dad. We call him Dud. Right. I think his name is Ted, but we call him Dud. Yes. You know who we're talking about, obviously. 
and uh, he's just the quintessential 80s Republican Reaganite. Yeah. Where when the FBI comes, he says, we're all patriots in this house and salutes. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's just like so perfect for that era. He fits in so well. And really, even the scenes that are more sci-fi than that, where L is closing the gate to the upside down or she's flipping the helicopter, it's almost just like you said, a perfect blending of CGI where it's really realistic looking where you're like, Oh crap. Like I'm actually watching this happen. It, it, I, it sucks you right into that time period to mm. the tension, to the drama. I really, I liked it. Yeah. And there's lots of other things too, from sort of a stylistic perspective, season four in particular, it was really cool because I said this to a friend of ours who's Russian because I wanted to know what she thought. And the fact that there were so many scenes where they would go from the upside down and transition into Russia with the Russian snow, like the upside down has the dust ash flakes or whatever. And I pointed out that Hopper was in Russia, which is like the upside down of the USA. And she was like, whoa. (laughs) Or even the touches with them actually speaking real realistic russian which she said was really good yeah they're playing Dirac, which is a game yeah yeah. a card game yeah like just those details are so spot on but she made a good point she said that murray's russian was what you would expect an american to speak as somebody who learned russian but it got much better by season four which makes sense because he's obviously infiltrating Russia. Murphy, uh, Murphy, Murray also is OP. He's like the MVP in some ways of season. By season four, he's a, a, he's basically a super agent. The karate. Yeah. He's a karate flame throwing demagogue slaying Russian translator. When he, with the fire, he's like wielding fire to kill the demodogs. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Murray. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, what were we talking about? Set and sound. Set and sound. (laughs) Uh, I also love the, 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 how the subtitles really represent some of the sounds so my favorite one is squelching wet squelching distant (laughs) squelching nearby squelching synth music fading squelching yeah they'll say like like ominous uh or melodramatic synth music rises and it's like happy synth music rises it's really great yeah so overall i think that's great so i don't know what to grade in terms of sound and set overall like what else would i be looking for i feel like for me it's an a i can't imagine it being better than this yeah i don't know i mean when the I, look in the hospital compared yeah. to the the look everywhere else, you immediately know where you are, whether you're in Hawkins or whether you're in a desert or whether you're in the lab, whether you're in Russia, like each of the sets as the world gets bigger, get better and better. And I can't wait to see what it's going to look like when the upside down takes over everything. Or will it? Or will it? Or will it? Uh, yeah, whatever. A, I don't know. I'm an A. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about sound and set. So, what do you think for um music? Our last category, music. Listen, what more can you say about music besides the fact that "Running Up the Hill" by Kate Bush became number one on Spotify after not having been heard since the '80s? Like they created a top hit. Number one in the USA after it not being on any charts. Could you imagine if instead of um, dun, 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 instead of picking, dun, 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 it's become the song like the soundtrack to the show. Imagine if instead of picking that song, they picked Journeys. Don't stop believing. No, they wouldn't. No, but I'm saying it wouldn't have worked. Oh, it would have been terrible, and, and it, they could have easily done it, it if they were idiots. But they're not. Right. Yeah. One of the best scenes in one of the best scenes I think in television is 
season four, episode four, Max getting basically killed by Vecna and Lucas and them getting that song playing and her running back into reality to escape Vecna. And that song all of a sudden just blew up. And all you have to do is sing that song and people know you're talking about Stranger Things. When the music can transcend the show and become its own entity like that people are listening to, I think that's profound. Yeah. And I think the music is maybe one of the best things about this show. It comes at every time. The only other thing I'll say about the music, because I'm a big movie show, TV, whatever score video game scores i love music for for those genres because it really adds to the stories oftentimes so i've heard a lot of music in these contexts or at least i feel like i have and the only if i can call it a criticism or a critique is that i feel as if the original scoring like so not music that they take from other sources or which i think they select really well as we were saying but originally or or orchestrated music that they make just for the show is really good, but it doesn't blow me away. What about the theme, the Stranger Things theme song? I think it's great it's, it's, that comes on the credits. Yeah, it's it's all it's all very good. I I think it's or the music that plays when Will all of a sudden at the end hears it feels the uh, the mind flare again. It's it's really and his good. Skin crawls. But I've, I've I, again I've heard I've watched so many movies and seen so many shows where. I'm just moved by. I'm like, like what? Like I'm, what? I'm like a big. I'm like a big John Williams guy, for example. Okay. You know what I mean? It's not John Williams orchestrating this, as far as I, can I tell. can't think of any or, show that has done better with music than this. Ah, uh, I don't know. Game of Thrones is really good. Yeah, but the original scores are pretty wild. They are. They're pretty great. I love Game of Thrones, and I love. I, I hate the show. I love the music. They didn't. The music's way better than the show. They didn't nail it in the final seasons like this music the okay here's the other thing music is such an important part of keeping the characters in our show rooted in the real world instead of getting sucked into the upside down in the season two or whatever when will is being possessed by the mind flayer jonathan is playing music to get his brother to come back to him in this season uh, Victor Creel Sr. is able to live because he hears music playing. Yeah, Max is able... It, the music is not just a soundtrack in the background. It's an integral part of what allows them to survive. Like, you can tell that the music is really important. And that transcends, in my opinion, what Game of Thrones does, which has a really good score, of course. Like, I'd probably give it an A for the score for Game of Thrones, but I think it hasn't infiltrated the plot in the way that the music of Stranger Things has. Well, Stranger Things has the ability to have that cultural connection. Right. Yeah, which is something that you should do if you have the ability to, certainly. But, uh, I, okay, what what are you, you going to give for a letter I disagree entirely. I I. We'll stand strong by it, and I want to know what well, our listeners think. You gotta listen think. to other music, but I'm gonna go uh, A minus. Well, they couldn't. Oh, you're still giving a good grade. Yeah, no, I th- <laughs> okay. no I, that's my point. I think it's great. Yeah. I'm just saying if you if you just took the originally written music for the show and you put it up against originally written music for all sorts of other media, I, I don't think it's as good as some right. of it. Like it doesn't transcend into that oh my God, category for me. It's still great. There's still a lot of it that I would listen to. Do you know- Even as just a soundtrack, I think it's great. 
but it doesn't blow Honestly, me away. Honestly, I think the best All um of it, yeah. The the show that blew me away music-wise was Euphoria. It, okay, it, there you go. It the Euphoria soundtrack and it, the artists and the original music in Euphoria, it's just That's captures the show yeah. to a point where you'll get chills if you listen yeah. to it. That's I think point. Stranger Things, maybe if I compare it to that, it's an A minus, but uh-huh. but I think it's not going for the same thing that Euphoria is going for. It they're using music in a different way. Mm, likely so. So I'm gonna stick with my A. Well, you have to because you yes. said it. So, but since that's our first disagree i wonder what our audience thinks about well music. obviously they agree with me but go through the total talents okay so for, <laughs> you looked at me like nah <laughs> for our first category writing we both gave an a minus for acting we both gave an a minus for set and sound we both gave an a for music joe gave an a minus and i gave an a wait did we just disagree on music yes that was that's it. so boring I know. All right, and let's change I'm all actually, our grades. Let's give upside down versions. Oh, the upside down versions are Fs all around. Vecna <laughs> would be so mad at us right now. No, he'd be so happy if we gave it all Fs. Yeah, that's true. No, but he'd be mad if we gave A's. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of surprised at how high our scores are. Yeah, I mean, maybe because we just watched it again, that might change by the time the show ends right. as well. This is just through four seasons. If you ask me back in season two, all of these grades, honestly, probably an overall grade is more like B. Like, it's 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 an above it's average even, show. It's yeah. a good show. But I think up until season three, it's not more than that. It wasn't until really the end of season three for me or towards the end of season three and season four where it went from like B to A, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's important to think about because a lot of shows really botch endings. And well, I think I that's why that... I bumped all my grades yeah. because... I was so expecting it to just be that formula where, well, we need a bigger, badder bad guy before they finally beat the Mind Flayer. So we'll introduce this guy Vecna, and then they have to beat him before he's sort of the warm up boss. It got really complicated. Yeah, before the final boss of getting back to the Mind Flayer, because now they'll be powerful enough to beat him. That's so one dimensional, and it's so contrived, and it's so what I expected because it's so what I'm used to from other just crappy shows that plot along. And they totally reversed it. So I think that's why I went up for those reasons. Yeah. I know my overall grade. Yeah. And I agree with Three, you. Three, two, one. I'm ready. Three. Three, two, two one, one. A minus. Yeah, Definitely. I agree. I think Vecna suck a, what do we say? Oh. Suck a bag of. Uh, suck an egg? Suck a bag of sour eggs. Listen, Vecna, Vecna is one of the coolest villains I've seen in a really long time. Yeah. I, I really like how they took the time to develop his character. It's really cool. Yeah. Oh, so good. What a great season. Yeah. I also feel like I'm really excited to have some pop culture and a show that a lot of people are watching. We've got to talk about it with friends, with family, yeah. with coworkers. And I really like when a show can bring people together and you can talk about a show with people. So I'm glad we're podcasting about it. And I can't wait for the next season which is probably going to come in like a year so that we can talk about it all over again with all of our friends. Big time. Big time. Now. It's a rare thing to happen. So it's an A minus overall. A minus overall from A grade podcast for our very first review of a TV show. Let us know if you like this format because we will do it again for another special episode with a different show. But But before we conclude, as I promised... Spoiler alert of the spoiler alerts, how it's going to end. 
And I think I know. And if you've listened this far, all I'll say building upon what we've said is that, uh, are you ready for this? Are you ready for the reveal? Yeah, I kind of want you to put you know the a reveal. drum roll in. Even though I know I'm still really excited. Well, you can't do a drum roll. Maybe you got, I can't even find creepy Stranger Things music because I don't know how to do that. Dun, 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 no, that's not creepy dun, Stranger dun, dun, Things music. Dun, 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 that's Kate Bush. What's wrong with you? It's uplifting. <laughs> oh, God. Well, basically, so the way I think the show is going to end is that there are these arcs and these themes throughout the series. And one of them... Well, okay, so go back to Eleven as an example. She's a really interesting character because she has so many character arcs over the course of the series. We, we've we talked about this as well, how season two, her arc is trying to find out where her home is. Is it in Chicago with the C-list suicide squad? Is it back home in Hawkins with Fat Hopper? Is it somewhere else? Is it in the lab with Brenner? Where is it, right? Season... Papa. Pa- Papa. Uh, I would say Rip, but screw that guy. No, screw that guy. Yeah, have fun yeah. getting eaten by crows in the Good. desert, you creepy... I was about to say bad Papa. words. But yeah. Um, season four, she's trying to decide, am I a superhero or a villain, right? There are all these really cool arcs for her character. Um, there are also arcs within the series itself. So for example, there's this theme of sacrifice where so many characters end up sacrificing or trying to sacrifice themselves. Hopper tries to sacrifice himself at the end of season three. Billy sacrifices himself. Eddie sacrifices himself. It's a very common theme that lots of characters have had to go up against. Eleven has sort of been in those situations, but I feel as if it's going to come to a head in season five, where she's going to be in a situation where she has to sacrifice herself to defeat one and close the upside down for good, which makes sense to me because if you think about it from a logistical perspective, is she really going to do all of that and then go have a picnic lunch with them in the park in Hawkins happily ever after? Having watched the show, the Duffer brothers aren't going to do that. And if they are, it's going to have to get there a different way, which is how I think they're going to do it. So what I think is going to happen is I think pretty early on in season five, they're going to introduce this concept because I've seen it in a couple other shows before or situations in in literature and media before where they're going to make it clear that in order to do this, Eleven has to sacrifice herself. It's Harry Potter in a, in a exactly. nutshell, yeah, right? It, I mean, right. it's I, I know it's been done other than Harry Potter, but again, that's a really well-known example. Harry Potter has to sacrifice himself in order to finally defeat, defeat Voldemort because he is a horcrux. He has to kill himself in order for Voldemort to die. Yeah, so I think that's what they're going to set up the premise. And a lot of characters aren't going to accept it. They're going to say, no, we'll find another way. We'll find another way. And she's going to sort of go forward. I hope this is what happens. Yeah, she's going to sort of go forward knowing, well, I don't want to, but I have to. I have to. And then when it finally gets to the end, she's actually going to be saved by somebody like Mike. And Mike's going to sacrifice himself to save her. And the reason why I think that's going to happen is because unlike Eleven, who has had all of these arcs throughout the series, Mike doesn't really have one. His only arc has really been admitting to Eleven that he loves her and how much he cares about her and that he's worried that, you know, she's better without him or she'll leave And him. Will is setting it up by saying, you're the heart, Mike. You're the heart. His picture yeah. is basically Mike with a sword up against a dragon and defending and sacrificing himself for everybody he, else. And again, that would fit his character perfectly because he can finally prove to her how much he cares 
by sacrificing himself to finally give her the opportunity to live a normal life, which is what she really has wanted. She'll probably lose her powers. Which makes sense then. And live a normal life with Mike's sacrifice. Yes, I think that's what's going to happen. I hope that's what happens. It makes sense. It's it the makes only, a lot of it's sense. The, it's the thing that makes the most sense based on what they've done already, as we were saying with these different themes. So, And I think it works well. So if that I happens, like I, I think it works well. I think that it's a really good ending. I think it writes a lot of the wrongs of different TV shows we've watched in the past. And I think the Duffer brothers are thinking about that. The other question I want to ask you going forward is a lot of people predicted that Steve Harrington would die. There was a lot of foreshadowing that mm. his character was going to die. Do you think he's going to make it through season five? I think so. I thought between him and Eddie, one of them are going to die. And right. I, I lean towards Eddie because I said as a writer, when Eddie started talking about how he always runs away, yeah, he set himself up. He signed his death warrant. But I felt like Steve Harrington did too when he was talking yeah, about, about, oh, his, I always wanted little, to have the RV nuggets. with my six nuggets and <laughs> you, Nancy. Like I thought he... I think he is. You I, think I him think, or... Uh, what about Jonathan? I think either him or Jonathan's going to kick the bucket. And yeah. I think it might be Steve. And I think it might be Steve, but you would expect it to be Steve. Right. That's so could it thing. be Jonathan? sacrificing himself for Nancy and but Jonathan's such so useless at this oh, point. Well, I hope they give him something better and I don't blame him. I blame maybe <laughs> the, the writing. Brothers. <laughs> okay. Well, now, I want to well, ask you more questions. What? Okay. Okay. Um, a lot of people also, I heard some thoughts, including my own that Max probably should have died and that it was a little cheap that she didn't die. You think Max is going to make it? I think if she does, she's going to be different. She's going to be, some she's going to have some sort of powers because she's been in this realm not in the upside down not in reality now and she's going to play a role but it's going to be a very different role yeah that was one of the worst scenes of the whole series when lucas was holding her and she's like i'm so scared but talk oh, about talk about such better rough. acting compared to seasons one what and two. What good acting, Max, it's, right? It, it's so... It, Lucas, too. Lucas and Max of that scene were yeah. unbelievable. I think if I was alone and not watching it with like five other people, I would have been crying hysterical. Yeah, it was really well done. Really well and done. And that's the other... So one last twist that I think could happen, too, which would be a twist of a twist, as I said with Mike Ooh. sacrificing himself for L. I think I think uh, my brother-in-law actually mentioned this. So it, my, I think it was his idea that Will would actually then sacrifice himself for Mike because that's another developing theme how clearly Will is in love with Mike and has been. Well, I'm totally shipping the Will is gay theory because I think that's coming. Well, I don't coming. think it's a theory. I think it's I, it makes sense. Right. It seems... Like they're building up to that and yeah. I hope happiness for Will because... I know. I feel like Will has really He's got such a good the, boy. <laughs> he's such a good boy and, you know, I hope it's not Mike. Screw Mike. Get someone better, Will. <laughs> Well, if 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 Mike sacrifices himself, then Will can maybe move on. Well, I think Will's in trouble because Will is connected to the hive mind you might of be the right. mind flayer. So you might be right. I don't know. Um, I just want a nice little. I want a nice boy for Will if that's what he wants. Yeah, shout out. Will, to Will. deserves. Will deserves a happy ending. I think. I, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> like more than anybody else in this show. <laughs> well, you remember the first episode when Will was chased by the Demogorgon and he went into the shed and he got the shock or the rifle or whatever. I'm like, oh, this kid's badass. Yeah, he's gonna be so badass, and then he got eaten. And I now, know. Now he's just been tormented, tormented and I don't really yeah. have anything for him to do. Yeah. Give him like a good plot. Yeah, Let's exactly. give us some Will. Give yeah. give redemption for Will, really. <laughs> I think so. Justice for Barb. Redemption for Will. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
yeah all of all of that stuff but uh yeah i think that's about it i think we hit all the all the big parts all the highlights um, so for our very first tv review grade we gave an official a minus for a grade podcast for stranger things yep you heard it here you heard it here dun, and dun, 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 if you dun. like this let us know we'll do more uh tv shows episodes whatever when they arise but this was really fun i really like doing this yeah yeah but uh yeah we'll be back oh boy so i guess we gotta week. take off our film critic hat yeah take Ooh. it off because we're actually at an airport hotel right now we are i am actually looking out at an airport terminal and, and watching planes go up and down new york city Ooh. skyline tomorrow so we'll be on a plane we are going to letalia yes tomorrow a domani. And when this episode releases, actually, we will already be in Italia. When this episode releases, happy 50th episode to us. Yes. When this episode is released, it will be two weeks. No, it will be one week from now. But the next episode that you get after this one, which will be some sort of review from Italy, will be like two weeks after we've been in Italy. So we will yes. be totally changed people by the next episode you listen to. So we weird. will be so fat. And so full of gelato we'll be fat and hopper. pizza and limoncello. We will go. F- we will have gone full fat hopper. <laughs> We've got hashtag fat hopper. Hashtag full fat hopper. <laughs> by the time you listen to the next review episode, which might be a craft brewery Ooh. in Italy. It might be a coffee roaster. It might be a pizza Pizzeria? place. It might be a limoncello distillery. Ooh. It might be a McDonald's. Yes. It's going to be something awesome, though, and it's going to be uh, in Letalia. And either way, I would highly recommend check out our Instagram if you do not follow us on A Grade Podcast because yeah. we will be posting lots of uh, daily videos, reels, stories, posts about our Italian adventures, and you can really follow us there. We'll also probably be posting some YouTube videos, some daily travel reels. We got some fun si. stuff planned. See, si. molto bene. Oh, I'm so excited. Yep, you heard it here. You heard it here. It has been a great day. This has been so much fun. So tired. I'm tired. It's time. <laughs> All right, let's go to bed. Get yeah. on this stupid plane. Oh, end yes. up in Italy and just keep going. Yes, let's hope we don't end up in the upside down. Oh God, why would you say that? Oh, Vecna. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed, and uh, hope you enjoyed uh, our review of Stranger Things. Yes, thank you, everybody. We will see you next week. Yeah, until then, stay safe out there, be well, drink well, and avoid the upside down. Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Bye. This is a weird mashup. We're doing Italian references, In the Stranger 80s. Things references. I'm so confused. Uh, good night. It's time for bed. Uh-huh. Bye, everybody.